All right. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start and uh, I guess now. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. Let me, let me. Apparently I'm not starting now. No, We're sorry, ready. I had a, I had a Snapchat. All right, now I'm ready. Welcome to the uh, special week one edition of the CSR podcast, Fourth and Short. I'm joined here by John and Brad. How you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Good. Happy Labor Day. Oh, happy Labor Day and Happy late Labor yeah. for those of you listening to this. It's tomorrow. Ahead, you, it's tomorrow, you see, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Uh, <laughs> It's been an eventful weekend for uh, the Panthers fan base. I mean, they just went through their uh, their roster cuts and, well, really every team did. And over a thousand different guys hit the open market all at once. So that was uh, that was fun. A lot of trades happened. Uh, Kalen Clay got traded to the Bills for uh, the one defensive back for the Bills. Uh, what Demetrius was, Cox. What was no, that was uh, that was the guy from the Bengals. Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, Travon something. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Kevon Tra- Seymour. Uh, Seymour. There we go. Yeah, Kevon Seymour. So they traded for him, and then on top of that, like you said, Demetrius Cox was uh, another pickup for safety depth. But uh, it was kind of a weird weekend for the Panthers. Like we're we're kind of used to uh, seeing. I don't know, logical stuff happened, and it's like, okay, now the Panthers are going to hold on to Graham Gano and Harrison Butker going into the season. And, like, so I don't know how many of you guys listening have seen this all over the course of the weekend, but, like, the team was saying that they were getting calls for both of their kickers, and I was pretty vocal on Twitter that I thought that was a bit of a smokescreen and that maybe it was that they were trying to trade one of them. And now we got Marty Herney saying, well... If uh, both of them are still on the roster, Graham Gano is going to be the kicker. And I was like, okay. And then they let go of like Alex Arma and uh, they let go of a couple other guys. That was, it was interesting. And like, I don't know. It's just this past weekend, there was a lot of head scratcher decisions with, with Herney. And I'm sitting here. Like I, I positioned this to you guys in our Slack chat earlier, but you know, we've been talking, we saw that, uh, Thomas Davis got his extension and uh, Greg Olson got a $2 million incentive laden deal for this year. And obviously they got Trey Turner on the roster and signed, but all of those deals seemed like they were things that Gettleman would have agreed to when he was here. So I, I have trouble thinking like, I'm thinking that maybe that Gettleman had laid the groundwork for a lot of that stuff. So that's why it made so much sense at the time, because it was just Herney essentially finalizing it or maybe like making it a little bit more money than Gettleman was doing at first. But now, like now that these roster moves where people are getting cut, people are getting traded, none of those really have Dave Gettleman's stamp on them whatsoever. They're a little weird. It's I I have I'm kind of curious as to like what happened there where. Gettleman had may have maybe laid the groundwork where now we're really seeing what Herney's going to be like as the GM. So there was a lot of uh, questionable moves, and I thought there were just a lot of moves in general. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. It was like, it was like normally we cut down from 90 to 75, and we cut down from 75 to 53, and this was pretty much the roster. Like, you know, 51, 52 of the 53 are like, we're on the team the whole time. This time it was just like, we cut down from down to 53, and then we cut down to 51, and then we signed a couple people, and then we cut another guy and signed another guy, and we traded people. I've just never seen that much activity that I can remember. 
And then I kept checking to see when we trade, who, what kicker we traded, and we never did. We did everything except trade a kicker. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, BW. I was gonna say, yeah, the two kicker thing is the the only real head scratcher for me. If if you've got two kickers, you have no kickers. <laughs> um, it's like colleges and quarterbacks. If you've got two, you've got none. Um, you know, and to me, it just it feels like that they're using this as an excuse to keep Graham Gano on the team. And they're just trying to find somebody to take Harrison Butker. And if you want to get rid of either one of them, and it, I, I'm at the point now where I don't even care which one of them we keep. I, I, I just, I don't care anymore. Uh, just get rid of one of them because we need that roster spot for another, another position. We only have four safeties on the roster. Uh, one of those is Colin Jones. So we have three and a half safeties on the roster. Well, we have three and a half safeties on the roster. We need help. You know, we don't need two kickers. We need one kicker and we need another safety. So it doesn't matter which one you keep, just keep one, get rid of the other one and, you know, put a safety on the team that can actually do something. And well, the other, the other thing to your point there is just that, uh, yeah, obviously Colin Jones is, you know, not the ideal primary backup, but then we have this relative unknown in an undrafted free agent safety from this year's draft in Demetrius Cox, who, just to give some background, apparently, like two years ago, he was a guy where they were they were thinking he might be like a second or third round pick, and then like his next college year was just awful, awful enough that he wasn't even drafted, and he also punched out a taxi cab driver, so it's like. That guy's uh, not really a sure thing to be like reliable <laughs> safety depth either. So you pulled a Michael Orr on him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I hope we have. I don't. Ivan just brought up a good point, which is pretty pretty interesting. But uh, that's rare too. <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski, Brad, you were alluding to before we started this. Uh, he might be hurt. That's a there's a, there's a trade partner. You need a yeah. you need a strong legged kicker that might. That you, to replace uh, Janikowski, we, we know a guy. Yeah, and, but the thing is, and here's the problem with it. Ever since we drafted Harrison Butker, every single GM in the NFL has known that we're going to get rid of one of the two kickers at some point. So You're not going to get anything for Graham Gano. You're not going to get anything for a seventh-round draft pick kicker. You know, those are a dime a dozen. There's... 32 of them that just got fired or 31 that just got fired yesterday. You know, they're, they're everywhere. So this dream that Marty Herney has of pulling off this magical trade is not going to happen. No one's going to give us anything worth trading for, for either Gano or Butker. So like I said earlier, either way, just get rid of one of them, cut him, cut him loose, let him go and move on. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your earlier question, Brian, about the whole like Dave Gettleman, who who's to blame? Like, who's had their hand in which decisions? I think the Trey Turner contract was a a Dave Gettleman thing, obviously, because it happened like we did. We agree to several deal, days. Like, not even not even several days afterwards. Like, yeah, it was like two, what? Like, yeah, two days. Yeah. So that one, I'm yeah. sure, was all or like 99 percent Gettleman. The rest. I don't know how long these things take from start to finish. Like if Greg Olson's incentives, if that's a, you know, several month long negotiation to get to that point. But Herney at least had to have a pretty significant say in it because it was a long time, you know, between his hiring and the Gettleman, or between the Herney's hiring and Greg Olson's contract decision. The kicker thing. Yeah, that Greg Olson deal is a Marty, that's a Marty Herney deal. It's got Marty Herney's name written all over it. Here's $2 million for absolutely nothing. Well, (laughs) but here's the deal though with, how I see that because giving him $2 million in incentives is like a no risk thing for the Panthers because they're not locking Olsen up for any longer. They still expect him to be the starting tight end this year. You still expect him to be a thousand yard receiver. You're essentially just paying him more to be what he is where instead of uh, being like, okay, here's two more years under your deal or one more year under your deal. You're just paying him to do what he's been doing. Like I would have, I actually fully expected that to be what Gettleman did if he did anything at all for Olsen, which is add incentives onto his contract. And Davis's deal wasn't all that 
expensive for the Panthers either to add him on for an extra year. And even even Jonathan Stewart extending him for an extra year, they could cut bait with him and Davis like very easily next year if they wanted to. So I don't know. It's like I get where you're coming from in the in the time frame, but at the same time, like the way they're structured all just reek of Gettleman to me. I, I would argue that Marty Herney Herm- is a human being that's capable of learning from past mistakes and might just be doing better at his job this time than the last time. And that's true. No, 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 there, no, 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 no. That is not possible. Okay. Marty Sorry Herney is stupid. Same, Marty Herney is the same guy who who's, he's going to give everybody more money than they deserve. You know, Star Lotulale is going to get eight years, $256 million in the offseason because Marty Herney does not learn from his mistakes. That is preposterous. I think I think there's – even though, he, you know, we made the jokes that he's been sitting on, on playing, you know, doing sports talk radio and stuff for the last couple of years. Um, you know, being in the area, he's seen how much people – how highly people regard Gettleman in terms of negotiating and stuff. I'm sure he's talked about it ad nauseum on the radio. So maybe he's just like, all right, I got to do what this Dave guy was doing. Everybody loved him. And there you go. I will say I'm glad that we weren't the highest bidders for uh, TJ Ward because that would have reeked of Herney. <laughs> Going for the, the big name for a lot of money. Yeah, because I, I actually – I honestly, as unpanther of this as it sounded, I fully expected Herney to go for broke with that signing just because – if you think about it, Hern, this is Herney's really, if he really wants to be the long-term manager again, mm-hmm. this is the year to do it. So, like, go for broke. Get those guys that you can log in for one year, and then, like, after that year, if you guys don't go so far, whatever, you tried your best. But, you know, you go, you really push to make the Panthers successful, and you might have a shot. So, yeah, I was I was surprised that the Panthers were the team that came in with the lowest offer to to Ward just because granted he's not, he's not going to be the starter at least right away, even if they did get him, but you know, just interesting. Is he the, is what did we give? I didn't see what our offer was. I just saw that the Bucks got him for like five. Was it 5 million a season? 5 million plus incentives. I think it was um, one year deal. Yeah. Which it sounds like he may not even be worth that anymore just because it sounds like he may be like, I don't know why the Broncos got rid of him. Like, it's not like he was bad for them, but mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. a salary cap thing. Yeah, which the, which is weird timing for a salary. I guess they had a clear space for to bring back Brock Osweiler. Good old Bork Osweiler. <laughs> Bork Osweiler, I like that. Um, I saw a coming home video for Brock Osweiler. You know, those like you, just, <laughs> you play that the coming home song and stuff. It was just yeah. like a Brock Osweiler like overthrowing receivers by 15 yards and throwing interceptions with coming home over the top of it is is really funny. Well, makes LA I, look like a I have to give <laughs> I have to give Denver credit for one thing though. You know, they brought back Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler has made like 70 million dollars and the Broncos are only paying him like one and a half of that 70 yeah. million dollars. <laughs> so, they did something right. Whatever it was, they did something right. It's such so, a great hustle. They have the rest of the league paying Brock Osweiler to pay, play for the Broncos. Yeah. They have well, a $70 million dollar quarterback, and they're paying him what he's actually worth. Yeah. On top of that, Osweiler was most successful with the Broncos, too. Like, yeah. It's not like they're any different than he was than they were when, they, when he got there, so, or when he left. So now you have Lynch and you have... Uh, Trevor Simeon, and you got this guy as your third quarterback who definitely knows the system. It's like they, they. I'm not going to say they have a franchise quarterback yet, but at least they have a stable situation with the three they have. You know, that's a really bad stable of quarterbacks, though. They're really tall, but uh, they all they, they are tall. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's true. That's number one thing, though. You got to get a guy that's that can see over the defense. Number one. Yeah, as you said, John. A tall guy who can kind of throw it ball a bit. <laughs> it's it's it's, yeah. just, it's an interesting quarterback room they got there. <laughs> it's, it's oh Jesus! I know. At least we're not the Broncos. We have they we have our kickers. They have their quarterbacks. Yeah, I guess we, we have also have. Too. Well, like it's funny because the Panthers' quarterback situation was like one of the more stable groups in the NFL. Yeah, with uh, Anderson and Webb. And then they just decided to randomly let go of Joe Webb. That and they feelings. also let go. 
they let go of uh this is what this is what puzzles me about the whole thing so i can kind of understand letting go of joe webb just because he's not going to be any better than what he is you know he's hit his ceiling yeah he's 30 but you let him go and you let garrett gilbert go and garrett gilbert was a former like sixth round pick at quarterback and then you go claim a quarterback who is also a former sixth round pick and then your justification behind it is oh well he's somebody who can develop okay so why did you let go of gilbert then because we know we at least saw some promising stuff from him in the preseason, but no. And to make it uh, even better, we brought Gil- Gilbert back onto the practice squad, so we have four that, quarterbacks. Oh my god! Wait, no, <laughs> wait, 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 but I'm looking at it right. Oh no, never mind. I'm looking. At it. Yeah, there he is. I was looking at the wrong list. Yeah. So that's a good between, idea, though. It's like you, it's like uh, you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and you see what sticks. If you just bring in all, but the you don't rounds. need that. You have Cam Newton. Well, we need a backup because Anderson's old oh and bad. Oh my god! So yeah, I think getting I think getting Kaya was a I think that's how you say his name. I have name. no idea how to say his name. I'm I'm calling him Kaya. I've so. never was taught how to pronounce two A's in a row in school. Yeah, or, or we could just call him by Felicia since that you know his mom was by Felicia on Friday. Mm, um, by Kaya. Kaya, you know what? How however you pronounce his name, you know, you know whatever, but. He is a guy you can develop, and I think he's a guy that's kind of, sort of, somewhat, like, discount Cam Newton, maybe. Like, the Salvation Army clearance rack Cam Newton. And I think they want Joe Webb that. Is. Well, yeah, but Joe Webb's 30 years old, and Joe Webb is what Joe Webb is. Like, he's not going to ever get any better than he is. And I, I think they just wanted to go younger, because I think this is probably the last year that Derek Anderson is quarterback two. Like, this is it. Because I think his contract is over at the end of this year, too. So, you know, we're hoping that we can keep Gilbert on the practice squad all year. And then next year we have Cam, Kaya, and then Gilbert as, you know, one, two, and three. I think that's the long-term plan, but I don't know. Can I can I just point something out real quick? Um, over the last two years or three years or so, there was a, there was a time where uh, Derek Anderson supposedly turned down offers to go be a starter elsewhere to be the backup for Carolina. And I, I don't uh, blame him. After this, I don't blame after him. This preseason, after this preseason, I can see why he did that. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I can't let my secrets out. Yeah, I, I don't blame him at all. He's getting paid a couple of million dollars a year to hold the clipboard for Cam Newton. And, and no one can ever know. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, if you're Derek Anderson, he could, as bad as he has been in the preseason, he could still start for, like, three teams. Like, he could go to Jacksonville or the Jets right now and start. But why would he want to do that when he can be Cam's backup? You know, And not deal with concussion And not do anything. So, yeah. Yeah, he's got it made. He's the He is the best player in the NFL because he has the best job. He has it made. Yeah, I would definitely take the job he has if I was if I had the ability to. Um, He's like the bullpen catcher in baseball. All he has to do is sit there and and watch the guy work. That's all he has to do. Yeah, provide some veteran advice, some wisdom. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> don't throw to this guy. Yeah, on don't this play. don't throw that interception. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's what he was doing in the preseason. Um, he was he was showing uh, Cam what not to do. Yeah, he yeah. was providing example, teaching moments for the other guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Isn't it crazy that Cam's twenty eight now? He's like not even a young quarterback anymore. Seriously, yeah, he's old. Got to start finding his replacement soon. That's okay. Kaya Maybe is. we already did. Maybe that's when we got Kaya. I'll, but anyway, Brad, you said something about uh, Anderson. This is his last year's quarterback number two. Um, I would venture to guess that uh, Kaya is going to be, you know, pushing him for reps as the season goes on. Because, I mean, I know we liked we yeah. had a, if We, we claimed off waivers, so we had to put him in the active roster. But I think if we were that confident with uh, Anderson as quarterback number two, we could have eased, we could have let him go and hoped he got through waivers and then put Kaya on the practice squad as well. But we liked him enough to put him on the active roster, which makes me think that uh, he's he might push for – that second quarterback job this year, if he impresses enough. And I think so. Yeah. Like if Cam has to come out in like week 12 or something, Kyle yeah. will probably go in the game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. 
I mean, we, yeah, if we yeah if we start dressing Kaya instead of Anderson late in the season, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't be too surprised. That's just a weird thing. I guess it's you know I just I just made a good point to myself just now when I said that people are making a big deal about this two kicker thing and three quarterback thing. Um, we can only dress forty six on game day anyway. So does it really matter what seven players, like what those other seven players are, if they're not playing anyway? It doesn't matter that much, but I don't like having two kickers because we're not going to use two kickers, you know. It looks. It I looks mean, odd. it looks odd, and when that that extra player can be a safety, a corner, a fullback, a tight end, a wide receiver, you know, somebody who, yeah. If, if there's an injury, he can actually dress on game day. Like, like if Graham Gano or Harrison Butker, whichever one wins the job, if they get hurt, you know, like I said earlier, there are 31 kickers who lost their job yesterday. We can pick one of those. It doesn't have to be the kicker of the future. It just has to be somebody who can put the ball through the upright, you know, for however many games this season. Yeah. Then we can find somebody else. So I just I don't like that extra roster spot being taken up by a kicker. I don't mind three quarterbacks, you know that doesn't bother me. But I, yeah. I just I, I it looks weird having two kickers. I'd be okay with three with two kickers if there was two quarterbacks on the roster too. But yeah, there's not having five people devoted to those two positions or a lot of yeah. teams have yeah. three. I I don't know. I'm just I'm still convinced that hopefully we don't keep them both at least, you know, hopefully that this is a one week thing, like they'll be gone by before this Sunday and hopefully at least at the very latest between week one and week two, I just feel like, you know, Marty Herney has to say stuff like, uh, yeah, Graham's going to start if we keep him because we don't know how long we're going to keep him just to try to inflate whatever trade value we think they might have. Um, Which is zero. You cannot inflate zero. <laughs> I will, I, you know, we trade a fourth round pick for a punter. Yeah, we did. That was stupid. <laughs> it was not not the best idea. I mean, Andy Lee was really good while he was here for. Well, we traded a fourth round pick for a punter, and we didn't even keep him. Like we cut him. We, <laughs> we kept, cut him. kept the other guy. We cut him for the guy that Wally pipped him. Well, I'll I'll give him cre- I'll give him credit for their reasoning because you know it came out today. I don't know if either of you saw it, but they said the reason they kept Plardy over Lee is because they like his hang time. Yeah, I saw that. And, and it benefits the punt coverage unit better than what Lee provides. And that's fine. But you could have had Polardi this whole time. Like, yeah. you, you should have never traded for Lee. You could have just had Polardi to start with. Thanks, Dave. That's why we fired him. And, you know, keeping the, the conversation going about kickers, Ron saying if Gano's on the roster, he's going to be the kicker week one. You've already made your decision. Yeah. So <laughs> why are we keeping Harrison Butker? Like, if Gano's on the roster, the only way that Harrison Butker is going to kick for the Carolina Panthers is if you cut Graham Gano, then why do you have Harrison Butker on the roster? You've made your choice. It's, it's like when you flip a coin and you say, I hope it's heads. Yeah, you already know what you want. Thanks so, for stealing my analogy I was going to use. Well, yeah, you can make <laughs> it too if you want to okay. you know, drive the point home, but... You know, you already know what you want, so just do something about it. Yeah. It's like when you flip a coin and you decide, you see which uh, side you want to land on, <laughs> if it's heads or tails, and you know, and then you made your decision. Um, what a clever analogy there, John. Oh, thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, yeah. I never thought of that. <laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't get, I just hope we get, I, I want it to be Butker. He just looks so much crisper when he kicks. Everything is straight and, and clean. Um, I just I don't know I don't know what we're doing with that. It just it just reeks of indecisiveness, like it's a kicker. Yeah, like it's it. not it's not like it's your starting running back or starting yeah. wide receiver or whatever. It's a kicker. There are hundreds of them. Just pick one. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking earlier before we started, the Chargers the Chargers kicker is an undrafted kid that went to Georgia State and didn't like speak English until he was like fifteen. He's you can find them all over the place. Mm. But but we 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 don't know. I don't know. There's like uh, I would rather have Alex Arma on the team, or I don't have to worry that he'll get taken by somebody. Well, he's on the practice squad now, so not a big deal. Yeah, but he can um, get signed by anybody. At any he can time still get it. signed by anybody. They have to put him on their fifty-three, but he can be taken at any time. 
Yeah, but really, how many teams in the NFL need fullbacks and how many teams in the NFL are going to take a chance on a guy who's a project anyway to be their starting fullback? Like, I the Panthers Nation got a little heated about that, but I'm sitting here like, okay, this guy didn't even play fullback in, in college, and he's just he's he's shown well, but at the same time, uh, what the heck's the guy's name? Um, Daryl Young, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, the other yeah, Daryl Young was was ahead of him in most of the preseason activities, and you know, Arma's not. I'm not going to say Arma's not talented. He's a very physically talented player, but it's like, what other team out there is going to say, okay, let's move this guy off of our roster to add this person who's not even probably going to be a starting fullback for us this year. And it has to be a team that uses a fullback anyway, who doesn't have a fullback now. It's like, that's probably no, you know, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Like from a logic standpoint, it just doesn't make sense to like for a team to really worry about that. If they, if they even use a fullback, which anymore is like what? 10 teams, maybe in the NFL, they already have their fullback. Like, you know, so the Panthers are. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about Arma being on the practice squad. I think they'll elevate him once they trade one of the kickers. But yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, but he, he's not like he's going to be. But Bill Belichick's going to take him off of our waiver mm-hmm. or off of our practice squad, put him on their 53 man roster, and turn him into the next Jerome Bettis. You watch. He's probably yeah. I I, um, I mean that's that's the perfect place for him to go too. Yeah, just because they're uh, the one team in the league that just uses players at their best instead of trying to make players fit a system. They also already have, like, six running backs. I mean, like, <laughs> they they already have, like, several running backs who do a lot of different things. It's like, I don't know. It, I think every team it's just, has got, like, their, their thing that they're just they're, – they're, they're having their identity of what position do we hoard. Like, we have our kickers. Um, the, the Broncos <laughs> have their quarterbacks. The Patriots have their running backs. It's it's just a thing that's, that happens now, I guess. Yep, ain't that the truth? So I guess we can uh, start looking at Week One against the Forty Niners. Um, so yeah, they just uh, they put Joe Will- they put Joe Williams, I think it is, onto uh, IR, their rookie fourth round pick. So now they got Carlos Hyde and somebody else as their uh, <laughs> Carlos Hyde and somebody top else. running backs. Carlos Hyde and somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Going to Did a lot of research. Yeah, I was going to say the deep dive into the, the Niners depth chart. So I know it's – I know obviously the the Niners have their uh, unprecedented 5-0 and win streak on week one Six over the last few years. 6-0. and More Excuse great me. research. Uh, so do we think the Panthers are going to snap that win streak or do we think they're going to they're gonna choke and lose that first game? I think Carolina's going to win just because I think we're better. I, I think that, you know, scorching Ron, take right there. Yeah, Ron scorching being take. Ron being bad in, in season openers and the 49ers being good in the last six season openers. I don't think that's really going to matter that much uh, because you know they are still starting. I'm looking it up now. Uh, their running backs are Carlos Hyde and Tim Hightower. And they're they cut starting. Hightower. They cut Hightower. Okay, so yeah. there's. I don't know who it is then, because Joe Williams was the other one on the list. Um, their quarterback is either going to be Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley or C.J. Beathard. So I think we should be able to win this game. Hey, Hoyer the Destroyer almost came out and beat <laughs> us back in 2014 and when he, he came in for Johnny Manziel. Manziel. Um, if you have a nickname like Hoyer the Destroyer, you always need to be. You always need to be on alert. By the way, that that's a true. that's a nickname that I have with me and my coworker. It's not like a a mainstream nickname, but it should be. It, it should really be. Yeah. Should be he, <laughs> we, he went we out there. Going. You have to remember, like that year where he was like starting for the Browns, he won. He almost put them into the playoffs, despite how crappy their roster was. So that's where the name came from. So I'm not ruling him out. I mean, Hoyer the Destroyer, man. He could he could cause some problems for Carolina. Um. So I, I think we should win this game just because the 49ers are doing that new NFL tanking thing where you just hoard draft picks. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up with the number one pick because there's like three or four teams trying to get it right now. Yeah, like the well, 49ers, you have to remember they they're also, making it obvious that they're trying to do it. Like the Jets, 
there's no way that they can ever defend the you're not tanking. You know, they yeah. they can never say that with a straight face. You have to remember too, they fleece the bra- the Bears for uh the Mitch Trubisky pick too. Yeah, they're doing that. Yeah, like it's the the new wave of you know team building where we we're gonna hoard we're gonna you know bring on as many draft picks as we can and uh, build for the future the NBA way. And so the 49ers, I feel like up top don't really necessarily want to win. We do, so that's that's an advantage in our favor. The team's going to still play to win, though. Let's well, yeah, be the team are, here. but it's just it's yeah. more. Of a yeah, but I, I think our win. players are better than yeah, their players. That's what I, I mean. think. That's what their it breaks team's down not. To. Their team's not all that different from last year when the Panthers blew them out in like 2015 Panthers fashion. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, I the win. only the only thing that really puts it on an even playing field to me. Uh, is the game is in San Francisco. You know, they have the home field deal. And the last time the Panthers were there, they <laughs> lost the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's probably the only real advantage that San Francisco has. Hey, I mean, we could see our offensive tackles on skates again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Can't wait to see that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to read. I'm reading up on the uh, 49er fan. So the Panthers are five and a half point favorites. Uh, week one seems kind of as a Panther fan. I know we're on the road. It seems a little low. Um, yeah, well, you get the home team gets three points automatically. So the Panthers are really touchdown favorites. Seems a little low. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's. I'm. I uh, see. I'd not be surprised by a week one win versus Carolina. Um, there's some optim. I'm surprised at some optimism. Uh. I see some people think they're going to lose, but it's like a 50-50 from just the comment section of uh, people thinking the 49ers are going to keep their streak alive and uh, pull off the upset of the of the week. Well, that's that's nice because over the last like year, the 49ers comment section on Niners Nation has been one of the saddest places you can possibly visit. <laughs> I, like, I don't blame them. With they, all the retirements they've had, like, because I've... Every time they've had one of those people, like, abruptly retire, I've went to the comments section, and it is just hell. It is just hell there. Like, they – those poor fans, like, that's the only thing I can really say is, like, they – they're sticking along with their team, but, man, it's got to be hard. And so just any optimism whatsoever is a win for them, in my opinion. Who was there? It was, like, Borland or something. They had a linebacker that looked like we could end up throwing into one of the better linebackers in the league, and he's like, yeah, one year is enough. Yeah, okay. Borland retired after his rookie year. Yep. Uh, this is enough for me. And then, yeah, it's and then they had the Alden Smith stuff, and they had that one tackle, Anthony Davis retired too. God, it's something about San Francisco. Yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> what, oh, what, boy. what do you think, Brian? How, what are what are odds to win in your in your uh, mind? I'm I'm fairly certain Carolina is going to win, despite my skepticism at times. Like. It's hard because, uh, you know, we've been following the Panthers for a long time and they've been known to just, like, blow leads and blow games that they should win. But it's just there. so many of those pieces are still there from last year that got destroyed by Carolina when they went only 6-10. and 10. Um, Yeah, and the 49ers Benjamin, last year beat one team. Benjamin took, yeah, Benjamin took him, took him to church, you know, like, <laughs> Cam's still there, like, Christian McCaffrey's going to be heavily involved. You know, the defense is still there. James Bradbury had his first pick against them. Like, I just don't see it being, I don't, I don't think they have enough, like, no matter how hard they play, I just don't know how, if they have enough talent there to yeah. beat the Panthers. So um, I'm pretty excited for that. And unfortunately I won't be able to even watch the game for the most of part because I'll be in uh I'll be in the Pocono mountains for the weekend. And I forgot about that until today, but <laughs> So what, hopefully what it goes well. Doing, what are you doing? You're scheduling a trip on the opening week of the NFL season. I didn't know. Okay, I scheduled this months ago. Oh, so after because the NFL schedule hadn't come out yet, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. They've only like <laughs> it's only been out for like I eight months. I didn't know that the Niners and Panthers wouldn't be in prime time. Okay. <laughs> I was I was banking on <laughs> I was banking on. The, the Panthers at San Francisco for the late Monday night football game. Like Sunday night or fu- or Monday night football or even Thursday night football. That's what I was banking on, and that's Bank not on that. what the 
I you know, it. honestly, I kind of wish we were the late Monday night game because that would be cool. The ten fifteen one. Yeah, that would be cool. Jesus. <laughs> would you be able to make it all the way to the end of that game? No. <laughs> I don't even know if the recap would go up on time. That'd probably be oh, no, not no. There's no <laughs> way. It would be like three a.m. when that was over. I know. Yeah. I don't even think that anybody would be awake to read the recap. Everybody's, yeah. I just that would be a great day. I mean, nobody's oh nobody's going to do anything at work on Tuesday if we have a game at ten fifteen on a Monday night. I guess who is it this year? Who's the Broncos and the Chargers, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think so. I think the Chargers. I, I'm sure I, they try to make. I know it, it's the Chargers. I don't know who they play though. I'm sure they always try to make it two West Coast teams because like that would be very fair if they're like, oh yeah, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing at ten fifteen on a Monday night for the first game of the season. Good luck watching yeah. that. <laughs> um, I said I was going to read like comments from the other team's blog so we can make fun of them, but it's kind of early, so there's not a lot. But I can read read two good ones uh, if you guys want to hear them. Or I, can, I got one really yeah, good Yeah, go one. ahead. Okay, go ahead. first of all, well, let's, let's read it first. Uh, last year, the Pants were favored to win every game but one. They were 6-10 and ten last year. You could have made some pretty good money by taking the other team plus the points, except the Niners, that is. The Pants were favored by 11, and they pants the Niners, 46-27. Crybaby Cam threw four touchdown passes. I have a hunch the streak stays alive. I take the five and a half, but I think it could move up to six. Maybe more money if the Pants keep coming. Money keeps coming in. I'll wait. P.S. Solomon will be holding seminars this week on how he used to stop his little buddy McCaffrey at Stanford. Attendance by the Niners D is mandatory. I just My favorite thing with this comment is uh, I didn't know people called the Panthers the Pants. Yeah, wow! I already hate that. <laughs> and the pants, wow. the pants, pants the Niners last year, forty-six to twenty-seven. I like that though. That's that's, that, a that's actually a quality line. I, I will get credit for that. That's actually solid. I'm, I would have thought that's that came straight from Reddit, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> I um, it's just I I don't know. I love that's that's such a that comment is such a radio like sports talk radio call in like typed out. Like it's got it's got the corny, half-witted nicknames, um, like Crybaby Cam and the Pants, uh, and and the, Pia, the the little metaphorical Solomon holding seminars on how to stop his little buddy McCaffrey, because I'm sure that was a thing that happened all the time in college. You know, if we weren't like Cam Newton, we actually got calls. I bet that's the call we would have gotten. <laughs> yep. But that's kind of funny that uh. They're saying Thomas is gonna is gonna <laughs> hold down Christian McCaffrey because it's like guy's a defensive end. Like that's not like he's gonna be all over the field. For, yeah. Like going for McCaffrey, I, I I feel like that comment was just in jest in general. But yeah. McCaffrey is probably gonna of all games this year that McCaffrey could break out. Week one is probably the one where I would say he will. <laughs> did, well, is did they? I remember they did this for most of the year. Did they end up giving up? All- allowing a 100-yard rusher every single game last year except for one. I think probably. I, I think it was I, I think I know they held David Johnson under 100 yards cuz I thought that was super ironic that he was like the only That is guy. ironic. It was like the only guy they held under 100 yards the entire season. I mean Fozzie ran for 100 yards on him last year. So it's a uh, McCaffrey breakout waiting to happen. Yep. In, in my in, for my money. Which would be fun. I bet on that. Which would be fun. Yeah. It's it's right near where he uh, went to college against his college teammate and all that fun stuff. Yeah, if they're holding seminars on how to beat him, I mean that's some more motivation too. So <laughs> we got to show Christian, show McCaffrey that comment. Hey, look, yep. man, your old boy, your old boy Solomon. I got an inside source that says Solomon's holding uh, seminars on how to beat you. He knows <laughs> an inside source. He knows how to. Uh, he knows how, what to do to stop you that no one else does. I, that reminds me, can I just say something totally off-topic and random? Sure. You always do. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding, by the way. I know. No, you're not wrong. Um, God, they, they gave up 145 yards to Bilal Powell, 139 yards to Devontae Freeman. Oh, my God. Todd Gurley, 23 carries for 67 yards. There you go. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Alex Collins had seven carries for 55 yards. Man, this is going to be fun. But anyway, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. The random comment. 
Oh, I thought that was the random. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so did I. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on. I'm very tired. I'm sorry. I had a long, very sleep-deprived weekend. I hear you. (laughs) Uh, Well. Football's back. Football is back indeed. Real football's back. Um... So I guess I'll just uh, just jump into a random topic about who we're watching for uh, week one. So, uh, Brad, give me a name for just offense, defense, doesn't matter, special teams. Who are you really excited to see week one regular season? Your boy, Demir Bird. Mm. <laughs> you think he'll play? That's not his that's not his nickname, by the way. Just so you no, know. he probably ah. won't even play. I doubt he'll even play. Um I, it's it's the easy way out, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Christian McCaffrey. Like in the real, like how he actually use him for real. Yeah, the, like a the, real actual game that counts. I, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if Carolina still doesn't burst out their uh, their their concepts they want to use for him during the regular season if they come go up quickly on the Niners. It's not like they did anything different last year. They just did their power offense and then threw the ball down deep on them, and they couldn't stop it. Like, so I wouldn't even be surprised if McCaffrey's not used all that much. If we're uh, if we're saving that for the teams that are not trying to lose games. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we have the Bills next week too, or the week after. So it's opening the. There's a lot AKA of AKA the Panthers North. Yeah, I know with Joe. They, there's with our boy Joe Webb. They cut Philly Brown though, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, they, they did. did. Man, that guy's a starting. But they cut the they cut their years. running backs. They have they're using Mike Tolbert as the, their their second string running back. Like they cut a I can't remember who it was, but they cut a really good running back to keep Mike Tolbert. Mm, I saw that. I um, think it was Jonathan Williams. It was name? Jonathan yeah. Williams. That's who it was. Yeah. 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 Mike Tolbert must be the most likable guy in the world. He's got some great dances. He's got. <laughs> he manages to beat out some much more. Uh, qualified players in his position on a year-to-year basis. It is this great presence in the locker room in the film room. This this, <laughs> this season has a lot of parallels to the uh, 2015 season. One, it's an odd year. We know how that goes. We're bad, so which means we'll have to be good. But like, when we started off, when we 15, we started off with like what three straight really soft opponents. Kind of get the uh, get a little lather going. Get Knowing the Panthers will lose all three of those games. No, but it was like, yeah, so when we went went 15-1, we started with Jacksonville, Houston, New Orleans, and Tampa. So, you know, we kind of got like a softer part of the schedule to get some momentum going and stuff. And then this year, Mm. and then we beat the Seahawks, which was kind of like our coming out party. And this year, it's the same thing. We have San Francisco, Buffalo, New Orleans, and then at New England. So it's kind of that same whole, like, same, you know, softer schedule for first three weeks. Get some momentum. Have a road game against a Super Bowl favorite, Super Bowl contender, and maybe have a, a coming out party. Show that we're legit. Yep. So you know what I think is going to happen this year, and I almost hope it does. We're going to go fourteen and two. All right. <laughs> I know where you're going. We're going to lose to San Francisco and the Jets. <laughs> and both of those, those teams, teams will go. Please, one God, do not let that happen. And no, we're going like to, but it. we're going to go fourteen and two. I would love for that to happen. And and the two of them go one and fifteen. And the, yes, and they both go one and fifteen. That would be a sports center, did you know? Back when they used to do that. Um, let's see. Who do I want to watch this? Well, who do you want to see this weekend, Brian? Oh, you won't see anybody. Oh, just That's passing right. it off to me. Well, you won't um, see anybody. That's right. Because so who I want to see the most is James Bradbury, because by all accounts, he's been, you know a high-level corner in training camp. And he ended the year strong last year, and he did well against the Niners last year, too. So I really I, I really want to see his progression. And uh, in the preseason, he's done well. I mean, there there isn't a single time where I can look at that, look at what I saw in the preseason and say, you know what, James Bradbury did a bad job on that play. Like, he has been impressive, and I really want to see the same thing carry into the regular season. I really think it will especially if he gets, like, the matchup against the Niners where it's, like, no one's really going to blow the doors off of him. So, yeah. I mean, he's got he's got Brian Hoyer throwing the ball. 
to who is he throwing the ball to? I don't even know. I, like more great research, I don't even know who their starting wide receivers are. Who San Francisco's? Mm -hmm. uh, um, Curly's one of them. Oh, Pierre Garcon. No, they cut him. And Marquis. Oh, they one. did. Mm -hmm. Oh. Pierre Garcon. Why did they? Why did they? Pierre cut Garcon and Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why they did, Brad. I just I, they must they must obviously be tanking because <laughs> why would you cut one of your best? Wasn't he like their leading receiver last year? I, I think so. That's that what doesn't he does. make he any got, sense unless he got hurt. That doesn't make any sense. That's what he does. He plays for teams. He plays for teams like the Jets and the Niners. To, is their best receiver, and they let him go. That's, just what he what, does. What a great it's career! So crazy! <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's now he's gone. He's a Wikipedia says he's currently a free agent. Wow, and Wikipedia's never wrong. Um, never, never wrong. <laughs> I've never seen an inaccurate statement on Wikipedia in my life. Um, I want to see um Curtis Samuel. I want to see if we throw the ball, if we, like, try to get him involved as much as we did in those preseason games. I know. Well, I hope they, they threw I the hope ball don't do, several I times. Hope, yeah, I hope we don't do that, you know, <laughs> throw it to him eight times for, like, nine yards. That, yeah, that he averaged, like, one yard per reception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I, think, I hope that was a Derek Anderson thing, and it will be better with Cam Newton, um, even though Cam's notoriously weak around the line of scrimmage. But, um... I don't think it would be that heavy where we're, like, trying to throw the ball to him 19 times in a game. But I do want to see how, you know, if we try to use him like Tyreek Hill, where we just kind of move him around and see how much we try to get him the ball into space. Right. Right. We, we didn't get to see a lot of it because, like, the only he was in the fourth preseason game with, you know, with a bunch of players that aren't on the team anymore. And then the only, you know, semi-live action that he saw in the preseason, we were very clearly, like, obsessively trying to get him the ball because he was his only – it was his only experience going into the season. So I kind of want to see what like our actual plan for him is, is what I'm getting at. Probably nothing knowing the Panthers, but, you know. <laughs> We're going to line him up out wide, send him on go routes. Yep. <laughs> Every single time. He's the new Philly Brown. <laughs> Can you believe that Philly Brown, he gets cut by the Bills, who have no receivers at all like they just traded their best receiver and that guy was our number two receiver when we went 15 and one they still have jordan matthews don't they jordan matthews no are they did yeah they do okay never mind they have jordan matthews and they also have kaylin clay they they kept oh, kaylin clay over over philly brown that's that's the um kaylin clay coming in and stealing philly brown roster spots everywhere philly brown he pulled a brenton burson if you will <laughs> they have their wide receiver depth chart is Zay Jones. Well, this isn't in order. Zay Jones, Jordan Matthews, Kalen Clay, Andre Holmes, and Brandon Tate. Jesus. It's a bunch of, like, not terrible, but very not good. It's, All wide receiver threes at best. That's a super mediocre wide receiver group. Yeah. Well, maybe Sean McDermott's like, well, it worked for us in 2015. <laughs> maybe it'll work again. That's, that's <laughs> the ticket, is to have the most mediocre to bad wide receiver group you can have. And... I guess, although I guess the theory would be to stack up your roster elsewhere, but they, Bill certainly haven't done that. Oh, true. I found their thing. The Bills have two fullbacks. That's their position. Yep. <laughs> they sure do. They have Mike Tolbert and Patrick Demarco. Well, Demarco is more of your pure pure fullback. Where Tolbert's at this Tolbert's point, Tolbert's just a fat running back. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. No. Man, NFL teams are so dumb. We should be a general we should be a general manager trio. Like they should give us a team. That Let wouldn't us, turn out well. I think it would Well, turn out I great. think we we could probably do better than what they're doing with the Jets. I think we could probably be like at least the second worst team. Well, here's how I see it going. Brenton Burson would be their wide receiver one. We <laughs> no, have no, no, four no, 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 punters. You have to be We'd the general have four manager. <laughs> on the team. Because BW loves punters, and uh, what can I make fun of you for, for John? Uh, There's nothing. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll, uh, all right. We'll, we'll let's think. 
You would just sign people like Zach Sanchez because you identify with them. <laughs> you had to get your Zach Sanchez dig in there. You know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's that's. I like that he's like you know I'm gonna keep getting that even though he's not on the team. Is that is that my next step? Is I'm gonna go on the IR the podcast IR. Just don't get hurt and you won't. But <laughs> you'll be out for the season. If I hear if I hear so much as a as a as a stub toe, you're on IR. Just so you know. One one voice crack and I'm shutting down for the year. Yep. Yep. Just like Zach Sanchez. Yep. <laughs> We have three, four, five, six, thirteen people on reserve injured. That seems high. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, do we, but do we normally guy, do that? Well, like a bunch of guys. Like Corn Elder was a good example. Like you know, you his his knee injury could have kept him out the majority of the season, mm-hmm. and rather than like essentially when you waive someone for an injury. At this time of the year, if they don't go anywhere, they go to your IR. And then if you want, you can settle with them for an injury because uh, you can do the injury settlement where you essentially pay them for how long they were supposed to be out Mm. and then push them away. So it's possible a lot of those guys will get that. But IR essentially keeps them around for next year. I know. It just seems like I don't remember. I remember when we had our injury, bad injury years, and we had like 20 players in IR and talking about how huge of a number that was. And I'm assuming a lot of these guys will just stay on IR. We already have 13. We're, which is, again, that's like a huge chunk of just the guys we cut. We just put all of them on the injured list. Yeah. No, they could get away with the settlements and go elsewhere yeah. if they want to. So I think the Corn Elder thing was good because that was a concern. He, has what, he had like a hairline fracture in his kneecap, right? Yeah, he had a fractured patella. Yeah, which... uh, I'm glad that we decided, like, hey, we're not even going to push it. Let's just, just take the year off and get better. Because that sounds like something that could get – become a major problem if something goes wrong with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a hairline fracture, it could it could be a much larger fracture if yeah, you yeah, push it. Yeah, so, if yeah. it's a bad, just a bad hit, landing too hard or whatever, now he's got an actual fractured kneecap. And patella yeah. injuries seem to be – patella and Achilles injuries seem to be the two biggest, you know, like career-altering injuries. Right. So let's not let's not let's not do worry about that. We don't necessarily need him that this year. That's what Captain Ireland's for. Yep. And Cole Luke. And Cole Cole Luke. And uh, this new kid, Kevon Seymour. Yeah. All three of which are nickel guys. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the fantasy football thing where like whatever position you're weakest at, you just get as many of them as you can and hope one of them is not bad. That's what we're doing at nickel cornerback. Yep. Even though I know. I know you don't feel great about Daryl Worley as the other outside guy. Uh, at this point, he's going to have to be. Maybe we'll play so. captain out there and let Luke and uh, Seymour play the nickel uh, nickel spots. I'd be more scared about that than having Worley on the outside. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it was too many times seeing Captain Munderland just like look like a little brother trying to cover much larger receivers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. You're South Carolina guy. Uh, yeah, but I'm a realist too, so I, I actually agree. <laughs> <laughs> not you're not one of those people that like clings to your college affiliations well after they leave the college. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 one of my pet peeves about sports fandom. Yeah, we have a lot of that on CSR, you know. Yeah, I know. Like especially at draft time. I can't draft him because he went to this school. That yeah. has nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter. I, you know how many times? Oh, we had Brian. The, the the original goat, Armani Edwards. Oh, yeah, exactly. Example. Well, there's so many times. The amount of times where I'm like reading through stuff and somebody will make like a really outrageous, you know, claim on a player, and I um I immediately click their profile and it's like, yep, it's like favorite college football. UNC Tar Heels, and it's like that. That's why you think we should take uh, Switzer in the fourth round. Yeah, and it goes the opposite way too. Like if you went to Duke, then everybody that that played for UNC is automatically garbage. Like it yeah. doesn't matter how good they are or how bad they are. You know, oh. it's the same with Ohio State, Michigan, or Clemson, South Carolina, or you know any of the rivalries. It, the odd, the other team, their players are automatically crap. It it doesn't matter if it's, 
You know, if it's Brenton Burson or if it's like Tom Brady, they're they're crap. Yeah. <sighs> fun stuff. Just funny fun fact, Ryan Switzer actually did get picked in the fourth round. I did not know he was that highly regarded. <laughs> I thought he was I thought he was like a sixth or seventh round guy that maybe went in drafted. But nope, fourth round. Fourth round. Who drafted him? The Cowboys. Cole Beasley oh, replacement. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. He basically is Cole Beasley, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, of course. Uh, naturally, Julian Edelman and Wes Walker's name both popped up in his scouting report. <laughs> Did the word sneaky fast also appear? Strengths. Um, let's see. Patterns are crisp. Comes out of pregnant <laughs> Crisp, sharks. that's another code word, yeah. Uh, uh, no, effective option, short op, or effective option route specialist in short yardage and red area. Um, no, nah, it's, it's, it's pretty not stereotypical. Huh. Good job, NFL draft. <laughs> they, uh, they, they were probably trying real hard to avoid the buzzwords. Yeah. The only thing was it says, uh, plays at his top speed and doesn't coast. So I guess that's the hard work thing. Yeah, that's that's the hard worker thing. Let's see, yeah. they disguised it well. Yeah, doesn't coast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that in a scouting report before. All right. Well, uh, don't know if you guys have anything else to talk about. Um, I think I'm good. Hitting, hitting the yeah, hour mark here. So. Let's talk about. Yeah, well, uh, I guess we'll reconvene either later this week or uh, after the week one game. So, thanks for joining us, everybody. And wait, uh, thanks, wait. John. Thanks. Whoa, I have oh. one thing. I have a note. My of course notes, you do. My, shut up. I have my notes <laughs> that I uh, my, for when we talk about podcasts. I have one thing on my notes coming into this episode. You sound like Greg McElroy, Brian. Me? Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> That's it. I heard Greg McElroy interview, and I was like, "Man, that sounds just like Brian." So, I don't know if that's a compliment or not? Yes, but it's a compliment. I'll, he's I'll a, take he's, it. He's he's a, he's a a fun listen, just like you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, and with uh, that, that's what Greg, we'll leave you guys with. Yeah, this is Greg McElroy checking out with uh, John and Brad. You guys have a good night. We'll see you after the first game. Maybe earlier than that, but yeah. See you guys next week. Later. Ooh, what I believe, it's all that I am. Take it away, I'm only a man.